Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus with producer Sanaa Marie. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. Hey, this is Christina McCarter with City Tasting Tours, where you can fall in love with the city one plate at a time. I'm here at Verbally Effective Podcast with Ina Esco. I'm Doc Holliday, sports director at ABC 24, Local 24. I'm here with Ina Esco on the Verbally Effective Podcast. R&B funk soul singer, producer, and author, philanthropist, Dr. Larry Dotson Sr., was born on January 22nd of 1951 and graduated from Carver High School in Memphis, Tennessee. Dotson is married to Marie Dotson and they have two kids, Precious and Larry Jr. In 2019, Larry received an honorary doctorate degree from Lemoyne College, who he supports with the annual Allen Jones Marjorie Berenger Barquet Scholarship. For 47 years, Dotson was a trendsetter as the lead singer of the Barcays, selling millions of records all over the world with over 20 top 10 singles, 30 albums, and numerous gold and platinum records. He released his first book entitled, And the Band Plays On, The Life Story of Larry Dotson in September of 2017. And now as a solo artist, Mr. Dotson is back on the stage touring as Larry D original singer of the Barcays. Larry is also the owner of a full-service entertainment booking agency called La Marie's Entertainment Complex, which he currently runs with his family. Verbally effective, your double E, Ina Esco here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the Verbally Effective Podcast. I got a legend on the line with me today, ladies and gents. That's right. I am talking about an R&B funk soul artist. He is the lead singer of the Barcades. He's an author, a philanthropist. He has his own radio show indeed a Memphis legend. I am talking about Dr. Larry Dotson. How are you, Larry? I am so well, well, well. I woke up this morning and that's a great starting. Amen, amen, because a lot of us didn't do that this morning, so we got something to be happy about today. It's yes. the first day of the rest of my life. <laughs> okay, thank you for joining me today. I'm now, glad. like I said, you are indeed a legend. I'm so glad that you agreed to do this podcast. I mean, we have so much to cover because your life is filled with so many experiences. I'm so excited to hear about all of them. However, let me first start off because I know you've been in the house for a minute. How are you coping over there at the house with, you know, this pandemic in place? Let's start right there real quick. Well, just let me say that uh, I'm having cabin fever. It's probably everybody is. 
Um, but I'm getting through it, you know. Uh, and I tell my son all the time, you know, I, 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 at first I was distressed, mm. but I started to look at the glass as not being really half half empty, but half full, you know. Yeah. I, and, and you and I were kind of talking about it before we started that, you know, God's in a reset with us all, and we have to just look at it like that. I mean, I've seen a lot of wonderful things happen in the midst of all the tragedy. I've seen families come together. You know, I've seen people become um, much, much closer to each other, friends. I've seen a lot of people get on their knees who have not been on their knees in a long time. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So there are a lot of wonderful things that have happened in spite of. So I'm, I'm coping, you know, I miss the stage. I know you uh, do. I've recorded a whole lot. I've done my, almost finished with my album. I've got a great single on the rising on the charts. I think I'm number 33 now. So. Okay. Got a new radio show. You know, I'm in the liquor business now. So a lot of things are coming on. In the Ooh, liquor yeah. business. So we're yeah, going to talk man. about this liquor business. <laughs> okay. Look, look, the, the pandemic has opened doors for so many new opportunities, right? Yes, it has. It has. It has given us a chance to rethink and, and just kind of be still just so that we can uh, be a vessel for some of the things that uh, that God has for us. And 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 still we we're giving back. We're making sure that our foundations are getting kids to, and uh, helping kids afford to go to college. We had five recipients this year. We support them more on college here, yeah. but we support HBCUs in general. Amen. So all that spirit is going on with us, man. Here and we, our new record label, Music Moves. Uh, we're about to sign. I, I don't even think I should say this, but I will. Yes, give me the exclusive. We're about to, I'm giving an exclusive. We're about to sign a first artist other than myself, you know. Okay. My, my record was the first. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's a fascinating artist. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I'm sure we'll be hearing about this new artist on your new label, Music Moves, very soon. Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm so proud of you. Uh, like I said, you are indeed a legend. We're going to start at this legend's beginning mm -hmm. what part of memphis are you from larry dodson i am from south memphis went to carver high school graduated in 1969 so i just just took the scales on my age so that's all right though. it's all right that's all, all right, right. Look, we all got a graduation date now take me back to uh -huh. the year you said 1969 you graduated yes, i graduated yes how was the climate during that time with you as a young man growing up going to Carver High School? Because I know it is so much different. It was so much different back then from how it is today. Tell me, walk me through that. Well, um, things were, you know, <laughs> things that made us smile back then were simple things. You know, it wasn't complicated. Uh, I had formed a group called the Temperies, and uh, you know we used to sing under the staircases and in the bathrooms, and we eventually got out of there, started singing on stage, and we got to be very popular. We got to be all right, man, you know. Okay. So that helped us, and you know, uh, I kind of got a hall pass in school because we got permission to sing in the clubs from our parents, but we had to stay in the dressing room. We couldn't come out and co-mingle, you know. So our parents were were very cool and very liberal because they knew that singing was in our hearts. So we 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 had a lot of things that uh, advantages that kids, per se, didn't have. Have you know my my teachers helped me get through you know but the shortcomings of my my academic stuff and uh, mm -hmm. I was a, you know I, I was very popular so I, I they helped me out a lot. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. So you formed a group called the Temprees. I mean, yeah. when did you know that you could sing, Larry? Like, you know, some people, don't know. <laughs> you always knew it. I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't somebody know. Somebody <laughs> pointed it out to you, like, you got some talent right here. Uh, you uh, kind of hone in into that. How did you know, like, how did this group come together? I started the Temprees in high school. We, these were guys that had some of the best voices, Delwan Calvin, Jasper Jabo Phillips, I mean, and then we eventually got Scotty, Harold Scotty, Scotty Scott, and we were hot stuff. These guys could sing, so we were emulating the Temprees, I mean, the Temptations, and I was a David Ruffin, and and and, De and Delwan was the Eddie Kendricks, and Jabo was somewhere in between. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we were cool, man, you know. So uh, we were, like I said, we were very popular. That's where I was until I joined the Barcades in 1970. Wow. Now, did mm -hmm. that happen? So 1969, you graduated. 1970, you joined in the Barcades. How did that all come about, Larry? We were singing at a uh, club called Club... And so... James Alexander, who then was the leader of the group, uh, he came one Sunday night on our break. But kind of re rewinding it back a little bit, Alan Jones, who was then their mentor, producer, I had seen him like at different places. And he always said to me, and I didn't know what he was talking about. He said, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about, man? You know, he said, I don't have my eyes on you. Little did I know, he was kind of like speculated and I would see him at our shows he would be sitting back in the audience, you know, so he had his eyes on me to be that guy. So James finally came and asked me, uh, and I, I said yes, you know, and then I was thrown right into the studio to do what eventually came out to be the Black Rock album, an iconic piece. Yes, yes, wow. Yeah. That's it, how... That started the ball rolling, that was 30 albums ago. Wow, 30 okay. albums ago. 30 now, albums ago. Tell me about your experience um, performing live back in the day, because I know it's totally different from these days. You you guys were like at the Apollo. I mean, you've traveled all over the world since then. Um, you know, how was the feeling? How was the tone? How were the people? How is it? How was it so different from what it is today as a performer? We want to know the truth. It, it, it was fun. It was fun. And I have to say that through all the business and the rigmarole and all of the stuff that has taken the fun out of the business in a lot of different ways, uh, it's just, it was, it, man, back then, we, we loved to sing and hear the girls screaming, holler. not that they don't do that now, you know, but it was just so authentic and and it was just, it was just different. Uh, the, and then when we got to be recording artists for real professionally, they cared about us, you know? Mm -hmm. They cared about our future. Uh, and today I would say that your flavor of the day, man, you know, mm -hmm. you're only as good as your last record. If you're ready, and then and to all, all these kids listening, take it from Uncle Larry, who has done 30 album, 20 top 10 records, gold and platinum, you will be the flavor of the day if you do not watch, if you don't write those songs that will, with the intention of having generational wealth. Now, nobody knows what a hit is, you know. Yeah. But it's with, with, with the opportunity to get free music, it is, 
there were a lot of strikes against us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, indeed. And you know what we often hear about um, many artists in the music business specifically getting some of those raw deals like you hear it over and over. I watch on VH1's Unsung all the time. It's always a matter of the deal uh, wasn't what the artist expected it to be. Did you all go through some of that with some of your deals with labels? Or were you in a pretty good shape with management? No, the first deal was horrible. Ah! It, it, was, it was. And in, in, in the sense of, I don't think it, well, yes, it was. It, it, it was it, it was predatory in a sense because we just didn't know. You yeah. know, we wanted to be on stage. We wanted to record, you know. So all the fans, we left that up to other people. Worst mistake we could make. Yeah. But our manager cared for us. It wasn't the worst. I don't blame him, but it was just, it wasn't much different between the, the deal we got and the Staples thing was deal. You know, it was just all of it was goofy. You know, yeah. it just wasn't liberal, you know. When we got through that and our next deal, when stats closed, mm -hmm. we, by that time, we had a really sharp attorney and we got a multi-million dollar deal. Okay, okay. Uh, and when we, in 1977, when stacks closed, we left. We played at a club and started, because our manager told us, he said, when, you, you, when stacks closed, he said, you guys got two options. You can break up or you can go find your place to play, play every night, and in the daytime, you write you some songs. That's what we did. We wrote Shake Your Arm. We wrote Two Hours to Stop. We wrote just a plethora of songs, and we got a, we got a real big deal. From then on, it was like we was on pop. It was gold, platinum, hit after hit. Uh, a string of just hits that we thought would never stop. Of course, they did. Yeah. You know, at different points, but not for a long time. Right. What yeah. was what would what would you say is your favorite Barcay's record? If you could name one. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't know you were going to ask me that. Ah, look, you thinking about it? Though. You thinking about Man, it? Man, ain't you know what? Uh, <laughs> you know one of my favorite songs. What is grown, grown folks? Grown folks, yes. That's one of my favorite songs. Yes. Uh, Holy Ghost, Anticipation. All those kind of run right up there together. Anticipation, my favorite. Yeah, most most people pick that record. You know, it's uh, it's you know, it was magic on that one. Definitely, definitely. Wow. So let's fast forward a bit, Larry, um, to today. You got a lot going on, mm -hmm. Mr. Dotson. I mean, from being a philanthropist, you've written a book. Let's talk about this book. How mm -hmm. did this book all come about and the band plays on the life story of Larry Dotson? Did you feel like it's time to document my life? How no. did that come about? No. Nope. I had no idea about, had no idea at all about writing. I didn't know anything about writing. I've never written anything. My son and I, Larry Jr., who handles my day-to-day -day stuff, we would sit in the mornings and we would plan out the week, the day, the month. And I would tell him stories, man. You know, just some of the stories on the bus. We had goofy things that happened, you know, you know, good things, bad things. And then we did, you know, just how we used to be bad, we were called the bad kids, uh, and, then, and and all the wonderful things that happened. But he said, Papa, you need to write a book. And I'm like, I don't know anything about writing a book. But he convinced me, he said, you know what? I said, you know, I'm gonna start keeping some notes. I said, you find me 
an editor because I don't think I have the, the knowledge to just write. So he did. He found me a lady by the name of Ms. Sheila Bell who had books of her own and she was an editor. Uh, and she had, uh, uh, she had uh, uh, experience in self-publishing. So I started keeping my notes. It took me about two years. And so I, so I started sending her the notes. And she said, Larry, you know what? I don't need to do nothing but, but, but name your chapters. Wow. She said, you writing this book. She said, the only thing I would tell you is stop being so glossy. You know, make yourself stay out. You know, get down in that gut and tell that bad stuff. You know, that yeah. stuff. Because if you got through it, it's testimony. And it's going to be ministry to kids who are listening and people who have those similar problems and, who, and, 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 and trying to hide them and don't think they can get through them. You're a living proof that you got all... You did all the worst things in the world. Well, not all of them, you know what I'm saying, but you got in trouble. You were drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. Even though you've been married for a long time, I've been married 50 years. Wow. She said, uh, and I did, and it was therapeutic for me. I said stuff in this book that I had never shared with anybody. Mm -hmm. My Down syndrome kid, which wasn't a secret, but I, I explained how all that happened when, when my wife and I had been married for a year and our firstborn was born with Down syndrome. We know what to do. We know anything about Down syndrome. Yeah. But years to fast forward, it, it showed us that first being married to a wonderful wife who stood by us, by me, and, and we got through it. But God was showing us, just get out of the spotlight a little bit. Let's put the spotlight on your daughter, somebody else. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it has kept me humble. It has been, it, it got me involved in, in, in mentally challenged, physically challenged kids, which I love. Yes. And I never would have done that, you know. Mm -hmm. And the doctor said, look, don't get, you, don't get too attached to your daughter. She's not going to make it past 10. She's 49 years old Wow. Uh, in September. That's amazing. Uh, that's just one of the ministers. She, she overcame all the medical uh, obstacles that come along with Down syndrome kids. That's why the doctor said, for all he knew at that time, he said, they have too many things that's wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. And just, 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 just be prepared. She's not gonna make it back to team. Doc said no gossip. Yeah. Okay, you know? <laughs> okay. All the time. Wow. That's and I share all this stuff in my books. It's an interesting read. It's a really good read. And uh uh it just I would just say God is amazing. God is just really amazing. Yes. Now you said something that really resonated with me. Um mm -hmm. You mentioned that, you know, maybe it was time to step away from the spotlight. And I know as an entertainer, that probably is one of the hardest things to do when you're used to that spotlight. Does it feel like, you know, something had a pivotal moment had to happen in your life for that to happen, for you to, you know, kind of sit down a bit and assess the situation? Because so many entertainers I see, you know, they ain't trying to give up their spotlight now. <laughs> now, that's something hard to do. Yeah, that's an interesting point you raise. You know, I would say this. Had I not, had that not been the circumstances, there probably, my life would have probably taken a different course. But not only did I, I have to get out of, I had to get out of spotlight, so did my wife, mm. you know? So uh, we both had to kind of sit up this side. She became the core and center of everything that we did, making sure that my daughter, her name is Precious, 
had everything that she needed mm -hmm. to get everything that was possible for her to do. And, and fortunately, we were okay, you know, kind of financially. We got her started at three. We, she graduated from, from uh, high school mm -hmm. at a special class that only was open for a few years. So, you know, little by little and step by step, God put us in the right places with the right people. And then we started working with uh, the Down Syndrome Association. We've both uh, been on the board. Even my son, my wife uh, served on the state board, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we, and we just got into it. And I so much enjoyed it. Yes. I, 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 it's, a, it's a part of me that will always be um, partial to mentally challenged and mentally um, kids with disabilities. I mean, it's just, it's in our DNA now. It's, it's every day for us. Yes. Now, how many kids do you have, Larry? Two. My daughter, Precious, she's 49. And my son, Larry Jr., who we uh, we share our record label with and our booking agency, as well as my wife. As I said, I've been married for 50 years. I joined the Barcades in March of uh, of 17, and I got married in the same year with nothing. Mm -hmm. We I say that all, and I, and I say that to say that, we physically really didn't have anything. No money, no place to live. We bombed bedrooms for my parents. Y'all done been through the fire. Oh, uh, through the fire and the storm. But you know what? We had each other, man. Yeah. And, and uh, that's part of the reason why uh, I fell in love with the lyric of my song. As long as I got you, I'm good. Yes. You know, yes. My song, yeah. Wow, that is amazing. You've been through so much, uh, Larry Dotson. Now, you said that you and your wife have, and your son have this booking agency. Tell me mm -hmm. about that agency and tell me how has it been affected since COVID? Uh, it shut us down. It shut us down. We've had to, we, we, we started the agency in 1999. My wife is the president. I'm vice president. My son is the chief editor. When he got out of college, uh, he got into, uh, the uh he was marketing director for Coors. Wow. And I, and I stopped bringing him into the office. I said, see if you like this business. Because I was already said, just come in and, and intern with me in some and see if you like the book and a bit business. And he did. And so he's been sort of like the main guy, uh, you know, other than myself. Mm -hmm. And that was the, that was in nineteen ninety nine. So now we own tours, whether I work or not, we have tours that go out and you know, we just get money. You know? Yes, and I know since the pandemic hit, a lot of that has changed. Um, kind of take me back to March of, you know, not this past year, but the year before that, when the pandemic hit, how did your entire business change? Like, I'm, I'm sure it went from tours to cancellations. Like, it probably was like an uproar of disappointments, right? It shut down. <clears throat> it shut me down. It shut concerts down. So therefore, it was nobody to book because nobody was working. Um, I had never experienced anything like that. I mean, sure. never, you know. From and uh, at that time, I was celebrity spokesman for uh, a liquor called Guidance Whiskey. It was black owned, mm -hmm. uh, so I had that going, and I had written my book. Uh, so I was, we started working on our second book, which is called Keep Looking Up When It's Down. And it's the story of us raising our, raising our kid, uh, raising our child, being, our, being uh, having Down syndrome. And it's going to be so therapeutic for people who, 
to read the book, especially for those who don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. When is that coming she's out? A success story. She's worked for 28 years. That's amazing. Amazing. She, like I said, she's, she's a real success story. So I, we didn't have many other things going on. So we started to, uh, again, I, 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 I go back to the fact where I tell you that we start thinking, well, look, this glass ain't half empty, it's half full. Let's just roll our sleeves up and see what we can do. So um, I did retire. Let me, I'm trying to just see where I am now. So you retired from, from the Barcades, correct? I started retired from the Barcades, right. I remember that announcement. I was <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yep, I had, I, had, I had retired and I'd only been out on the road one year. My first concert was on the Tom Jonah crew uh, with Charlie Wilson, Janet Jackson, Maxwell. And that was my first concert as Larry D. Okay. I, did, I, tried, I, had, a, I had a year to travel and then we shut down. So we're here with the, with the economy just being like it was and nothing, I couldn't travel anymore. Mm. I started to record the album. Mm-hmm. Got the first, I started with the single. We got very, very blessed. It started going up the chart. And then I, I'm almost about to finish the album. And incidentally, the my producer is the same guy who produced uh very big records on Charlie Wilson. Good. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So uh mm. we, we 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 started to just spread our wings a little bit and get into other other things and uh it's really been okay. It's really been okay, you know. Yeah, it's brought us not that we were apart, but it's about us even closer together as a family. Because all of our business, if you notice, they're family business. La Marie's is L-A-M-A-R-I-S. That's Larry and my wife is Marie. So okay. we're family business, man. <laughs> yeah, all, wow. all, all, all in the business. Now, tell me this, Larry. What would you say to some of these artists uh, that have been, I guess, discouraged since the pandemic and they feel like maybe... They, they, they aren't as creative as they, they used to be. They can't perform like they used to be. What advice do you have for them to keep going at this point? Get on your knees. Mm. Be still, get on your knees, and seek ye first the kingdom of God. I promise you, it shall be revealed to you what your next move is. And I don't want to seem over-spiritual or, or preachy, and I ain't trying to do that, but I'm just saying that's what you do when you can't do nothing else what do you do you give it to god and you just it, it gets difficult it is difficult and for those aspiring artists out there who get even more challenged now it's all it's already tough now the, the pandemic has come and sometimes you need everybody wants an excuse to do nothing <laughs> you know they won't blame it on everything yeah just roll your sleeves up man just roll your sleeves up and be big papa you know, okay. make, make make people proud of you. You know, don't get to whining and stuff because you'd be surprised. People are looking at you. You'd be surprised who is looking at you to see what you're going to do. You yeah. know, what is Ana going to do, you right. know, at home? Is she going to get to whining and just shut down? Or is she going to have more podcasts than ever? You feel okay. what I'm saying? You okay. feel what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what, that's, what I, that's what I say. Yeah. Get going tough. Go, uh, what is the saying? Tough. Goings get tough. Tough get going. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's, that's what we do. I don't, you know, I, I got some help, man. I got some help. 
And yeah. that's my help. You know what I'm saying? Amen. And, and I talk to so many artists all the time, uh, especially mm-hmm. recently. Um, a lot of them, they do not want to do the virtual thing. They say the virtual thing. They like, I'm sick of that. Like, no, I want to touch the people. I need to get in front of them and feel their energy. And I get it. I get it. But I'm like, you can't stop though. So what you going to do? <laughs> First you, you go get that stop. shot. Man. You know, I mean, and that's, I know that's a ticket stuff that people are apprehensive. And if you had to talk to me a month ago, I was just as apprehensive. But you know what? I just didn't like the idea of, there are a few people in my orbit that I know have been real, real slaves that got it, and they don't know where they got it from. So I just want to feel protected, even though I haven't been, I've flown only twice, and the only reason I flew was just to record. I haven't been anywhere. We don't travel anymore. People don't come here, you know. You know, it's we've been in our bubble, and we've been very protected. But, um, Get vaccinated. I'm telling you, just get, 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 get the shot and feel protected. So you've already taken it. Later. We've had both. We've had both our shots. Everybody, all of us. So you done the Moderna or the Pfizer? We did the Pfizer. The Pfizer. But I, I would have taken the Moderna. You know. Okay. I just, I just think that I, 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 the apprehension. I do understand it, but I just think that it's better to be protected. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, what other options do we have at this point, right? I, I agree. And then there are people say, well, God going to protect me. Well, God also gave you sense to stay <laughs> protected for yourself, you know, do some things on your own, you know? Yes. I, and so, you know, we, but I do understand to each his own, you know, I get the apprehension that we have and it's, they got something they're going to give black people and they're going to shoot us up and put, you know, things in our arms and track us and all sorts of great stuff. I, oh, kind of conspiracy theory. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and I feel you on the apprehension uh, at first because I haven't had the shot. And I will admit I have been apprehensive um, just because of the, maybe the time that it's been going on. Like, I, I just feel like it hasn't been out on a trial for a long time. I missed that. I'm sorry, I, I said I've been kind of apprehensive about the uh-huh. shot based on the short amount of time it's been out on the market like i feel that i received that yeah i do i do and you know what that's a very good point that's a very good point and i took all that under consideration so did my wife my family and she really was more apprehensive about it than i was you know now i take that back we were both like i said if you had talked to me a month ago i would say man that i, I ain't thinking about that i ain't, I ain't getting nothing finished stuck up getting stuck up in my right um, I just don't trust him. Like I do all things, I pray about it. I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And my son and my daughter, who actually, they got it too. Okay. He lucked up and got it. And how have you been feeling since the shot? Psychologically, I feel better. I don't feel any different from... Psychologically. Psychologically, I feel different. What about physically? No, I I don't. It didn't do anything. I didn't have no effects behind it. And my son got a little weird. For about eight or nine hours, he got a little sick. He got felt like he was gonna catch the flu. Mm. Then, then it subsided. Good. On yeah. both of his shots. Okay. He felt a little weird, but I think that's just his body makeup. You know. Yeah. Okay. So now you feel more protected. You I know. do. You can still wear the mask. Them. I'll never take the mask off. You know. <laughs> and then we still everybody coming here. We give them. We 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 got them. Our thermometer at the door and you know you gotta do all that and yeah can't come in without no man okay. for people working in the house with my housekeeper everybody yeah. 
Wow. Amazing. So you got a lot going on. You got this second book coming out. You have a record label um, mm-hmm. with your some music moves. You told me you got a the first artist besides yourself coming out very soon. You're not telling me who it is yet, but it is mm-hmm. it's coming. How soon can we will we know? Mm-hmm. You know when you know. <laughs> Sooner, sooner, hey, sooner than later. Sooner than later. Okay. Well, you gonna give me we the. We almost there. Right. We almost there. We have a we have a big announcement. Okay. And I will tell you, they are from Memphis. Okay, good. It's good that you're honing yeah. in on that Memphis talent because it's yeah. so many yeah. talented people from here. That's exactly right. This is second label we've had. James and I, we shared a label. We started in 2003, and we had eight artists on it. We had the Angelic Voices of Faith. Mm-hmm. Which is named my my youngest brother Michael Dotson. We had Jay Blackwood, uh, the Barcaver side. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, Lacey. We had Archie Love from Memphis, the Soul Children. Mm-hmm. We were trying to pick up the artists who were uh, left over from Stacks. Yes, you know what I'm saying. We were trying to give that be that art that label that gave the Memphis sound a resurgence and. Uh, it was kind of, you know, it was alarming to us that we really couldn't get a lot of help from the city. Why is oh, that? Yeah, we spent a lot, of, a lot of our money to do that for a long time. That's interesting. Why do you yeah. think that it was hard to get help from the city? Oh, could it be uh, we were the wrong color? Look, I think that's probably it. Um, and that has probably, uh, that's probably why people are just now discovering about Memphis and it's amazing artists. It's amazing talent. Like we're really getting a lot of recognition now and we yeah. should be getting this recognition a long time ago. So, you know, I bet you probably felt some kind of way about that back in the day. Right. You know what? That's always been an elephant in our living room. I was giving, I was giving an honorary. So, yeah, you were saying, you were asking if, if it bothered us to not get the recognition that we really wanted. Yeah, it did, you know. Especially when we were starting the label, we said, man, now we know Memphis is going to be all behind us and, they, and the city's going to be behind us, especially since music is one of the things they declare that is going to be a, a front runner for them to support. Here we are over here. We got eight acts signed. We got all these old stacks artists and we got a building and we've had a five or six studios here all we need is some cash you know to go with our own gas that we were spending no you know so and then as far as radio we never felt we got the radio airplays that we thought we deserved and we did everything that we could do to you know we're homeboys we could have moved and went anywhere we wanted to move to and live and live like we wanted to live, but we always stayed here representing Memphis because we love Memphis. Right. You know, we, our, our whole thing was to make Memphis proud. Uh, then we never feel like then it stopped bothering us. You know what? After we had gold and platinum, I wish you could see my wall. It's I full see. Of look, I see your hardware back there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when it, that started happening, and we started staying on the road, and mm-hmm. it is well, you know, they'll yeah. get over it, or we'll get over it. Somebody will get over it. You know. Right. And then we start to ask other artists, is it, do you have a hard time 
being recognized in your hometown. They like, yep. Our, yep. our other artists probably was like, nah, but Memphis, yep. <laughs> well, well, you know what? Odd enough, they were all Charlie Wilson is one of my dearest friends. Rick James is one of my dearest friends. Diamond from Ohio Players, Sugarfoot. All these guys were George Clinton. He's my daughter's grand godfather. So they all have that problem. It is probably the right word, but it's just a circumstance of they see him a lot. You know, they see him at Kroger, you know. They used so to. They get used to, you know, and, and <laughs> they just don't, just don't get it. Yeah. I, now, I'm like Michael Jackson if I go just 200 miles this way or that way, that way, that way, you wow. know, and, and it's, it, it, it got to be a point we said, well, you know, and that's just, it's just the way it is. And it, it, at a point, it leads for a quieter life in town when you're not such a big guy or not, you know, I still have to sign autographs everywhere I go, yeah. you know, but it's not, it's not intrusive. You know, I got a street named after me, which is right two, three or four, five streets up from me. And, uh, you know, it's just something I said, you know what? I remember when I used to drive around and I would just say, you know what? I would see a street that was renamed after a person. I said, man, you know what? Most of them were dead, you know? Mm -hmm. And I said, they must've thought a whole lot of this guy to rename the street after them. And here I am alive. Yes. You know, five minutes from me is a street that my kids' kids may always be able to drive down and say that's that's grandpa that's papa yeah look you're getting you know? your flowers while you're here that means a whole lot and i never asked for that i never asked for it i never asked we never asked for the star on bill street we never asked to be inducted into the r&b hall of fame we never asked for our articles of clothing to be in the smithsonian institute wow so, you know, we, we got a lot of flowers while we're here. So I stopped caring about what we have to talk about us. Keep I do know. Moving, huh? we're gonna yeah, keep we keep it moving. moving. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of keeping it moving, you have your own radio show. Tell me about your radio show and how can people listen to you on your show? I'm on WAVN, The Trend, 104 FM, 1240 AM. I'm on Saturday mornings. Saturday mornings. Uh, from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock. It's the Larry Dotson Show, the Larry D. Dotson Show. Uh, I play classic R&B, funk, and new music. How that came about, my son asked me to do it. You know, he said, the station, there's a new station coming up, Pop, and they want a celebrity, uh, air personality. What do you think? And I'd never been in the radio, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm not afraid of any challenge like this. And you know what? Being on stage gives you a certain, uh, it gives you certain training. You're a, you're a radio personality. Yeah, so confidence. You, yeah, confidence. I, I'm not afraid of it. Mm -hmm. I know how, I'm, I'm, I'm very cool talking about stuff and I've watched radio enough. I've done enough radio over my years to watch people to go and done the bad ones, you know. <laughs> yes. I, subconsciously, I've picked up much more than I thought. Yes. And you know, the, it, it, at the station, they they're like, "Have you ever done this? The first time you've done this?" I said, "Yeah, I bet I it's never good. had any training <laughs> at all." You know? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they said, "I can't believe it because you act like and sound like you've been on radio for a hundred years." I, and I, I can't and, and that, it. that's interesting to me. I can definitely believe it. Wow. 
right, right, right. Check your show out on WAVN and let everybody on the podcast know how they can follow you on social media and keep up with everything that Dr. Larry Dotson got going on. All right. So let me just say this for my radio show www.wavnthetrend.com. That, that, that's how you can get catch me. Okay. For, for everything else about all the things that I've got going on, my book, everything, um, www.thelarrydotson.com. That's my website my, for my book, T-shirts, yeah, everything. And uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook on The Real Larry Dotson. I, I, I used to couldn't do that. Now I can do that. Ah, you know this uh, social media. Yeah, look, that's the day oh. and age we are in. Social come on media. now, come on now. <laughs> the Real Larry Dotson on all social media handles. Well, Larry, I have truly enjoyed you today on the Verbally Effective Podcast. We've learned so much about your journey and I love that you are able to get your flowers while you're here. I am looking forward to having you on my Musically Effective Radio Show with WYXR very soon so i will definitely be in touch and thank you so much for joining me today you are amazing god bless you and uh and, and i love you guys and just whatever whenever just call me back uncle larry's right there all right have I a great weekend will. thank all you right. so much